welcome to this uh, Back to Cymru event with the award-winning team behind the fantastic In My Skin, BBC Wales, BBC Three Commission, which um, follows the, the complicated life of 16-year-old Bethan Gwyndaf as she, she attempts to hide the struggles of her home life from her friends and teachers. Well, I'm Alex Humphreys and I'm really excited to be here with this team. I'm gonna be asking them lots of questions over the next hour, but you guys at home can also get involved. If you have a question you'd like to ask the team, then do so, just uh, use the Q&A function at the bottom of your screens. And also uh, we have subtitles, so if you'd like to, to put those on, just uh, press the closed caption button, which should also be at the bottom of your screens. So let me introduce my wonderful guests. We have the writer of In My Skin, Kaylee Llewellyn. Give it away, Kaylee. <laughs> um, Lucy, the director. Hello. Hi. And uh, Neris Evans, who is the executive producer and creative director of comedy at <laughs> Expectation. Hi, Neris. Sounds impressive. Hello. <laughs> um, we have the fabulous Gabrielle Creevy, who plays Beth Ann Gwyndav. Hi. And the fabulous Joe Hartley, who played Bethan's mum, Katrina. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Well, welcome to you all. I'm really excited about this to get to know a bit more about the series. Um, and I think a good place to start would be with Kaylee, really. It's a fantastic series and it's an autobiographical story. Um, so the thing I'd like to ask you firstly is you spent your whole childhood, it seems, hiding this story. What made you decide that you finally wanted to share it with the world and so publicly through a TV series? Yeah, it's quite a, a 180 turn, isn't it? <laughs> um, gone from one extreme to another. I think it was just growing up and um, realizing that mental health is an issue that touches so many people. And the older I got and, and uh, the wiser I got, started to realise that uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, I, I was so deeply afraid when I was younger that if people found out about it, that they would just shun me. And then as you get older and you start to realise that's actually, that's not, that's not how things will go. Um, there, are there are so many people who are affected by this and you just have the, if you can just find the sort of courage to share your story. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the main thing was just growing up um, and liking to spin a good yarn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it is a good yarn. It's a very good yarn. And um, it's pitched on iPlayer as a comedy drama. Um, and we get some really funny moments in, this, in the series, especially from uh, Beth Ann's gran. But I mean, was it hard to to find that balance of getting just the right amount of comedy in such a personal and sad story? I, I don't find it difficult, um, really, no, because I, I like writing things that reflect life. Obviously, there's all kinds of genres of TV, whether it be fantasy or fiction or um, war stories and things like that. But the area that I'm interested in is, is just trying to recreate real life as closely as possible and real life drama and comedy walk hand in hand and I, I have this um, way of thinking about it that I was talking about the other day that um, seeing it as sort of like blowing up a balloon of tension and the moment the balloon he hits its peak you pierce it with a with a laugh and so whenever I'm writing that's what I'm thinking of when we come to those dramatic moments blow it up as far as you can and when you know you've hit the, the precipice 
it's time for some laughter. It's time to, to, to break it and uh, make the show a bit more palatable and easy to swallow. <laughs> well, it must have been a great pitch um, because, uh, well, it's just such a fantastic series. But I'm interested to know, Neris and Lucy, um, what you first thought of it. So, Lucy, what drew you to the project? Um, well, I was very lucky in that I'm a sort of, I'm a, I was very lucky in that I was, I was given the opportunity to pitch on it rather than what was, it was drawn to me. Um, Neris, uh, I was brought into a meeting with Neris and Kelly, I was incredibly enthusiastic about the script um, because again, I'm really interested in stories that sort of, you know, reflect real life and it has that amazing balance of comedy and drama. And also I have a sort of, I have my own personal experience of mental health, bipolar in my family. So for me, it was something that, was really appealing in order to sort of portray that in, a, in an authentic way. So um, I was, I mean, I loved it the second I read it and I was thrilled that I got the chance to direct it. And is there anything that, you, have you done anything like this before? You were saying that you struggle, uh, you have- No, this is my break. This is my big, this is my, this, <laughs> this is my break. I've been working in sort of short form comedy for years and been sort of trying to get um, a long form project away and just kept getting turned down. But this was the perfect project for me. I mean, I, I'm so glad that I got refused for so many things because this was the perfect, perfect project for me um, in so many ways. Um, and I'm thrilled that so many doors were smashed in my face before it came my way. <laughs> that Neris and Kaylee, um, you know, took a leap of faith in me and um, let me sort of um, help them tell this amazing story. I've talked about it before, but I, th I think when Lucy came in to talk to us about that, that was sort of a, a real moment for Kaylee and I as well, because we had met a few people and we were determined to find a female director for this, you know, such a female-centric story. Um, and then Lucy on paper didn't seem like a really strong candidate, but, you know, everyone kept saying, oh, she's great and she's done so much good stuff. But when she came in, she was so well prepared. We always talk about this, like she, she had this mood board. <laughs> She's, this is how I'm going to shoot it. She had all these amazing references of how she's going to light it, all natural light. It's going to feel real. We're going to be up close with these characters. We were so blown away. And then I thought, well, if she does 50% of that, we've got a great show. And then she just over-delivered. She kind of excelled in what she had on that board. So I think, you know, we, we all lucked out really finding each other. And I'm so delighted. We just, you know, she's off to Hollywood, basically. She's brilliant. So it's, um, yeah, the alchemy of people coming together and, and having such empathy with the subject matter was you know was key for us we didn't want somebody who would make it look amazing we wanted someone to live and breathe it and also be able to create the magic she did on screen and it is beautifully shot and and it's it's sort of so real as well i mean you get a lot of uh, dramas that that look beautiful and look sort of hollywood but um i mean cardiff you've made it look really sort of gritty at times haven't you but in a really beautiful dark way <laughs> And we'll come on to the, um, the, the look of, of the series a little bit later on, but um, I'm interested to know, Neris, what were your first thoughts when you first saw the script? Um, well, um, we sort of went on a journey, actually, before we got to a script, but I'll just give you a bit of background of kind of where I was when I met oh, Kaylee, because I think it's kind of quite key to, to new people in the industry trying to make their, having their, their first break. And, I, I met, I was a commissioning editor at Channel 4 before I, I joined Expectation, the company that I'm, I'm at now. And all I used to say is that no one brings me authentic stories. And where are the Welsh writers? Where are the regional voices? And I'd bang on about it and they just don't come. So you, you kind of commission shows that are presented to you. So 
when I left there and, and set up, my first thing was to find something that I really wanted to make. And Kaylee had come in and had a meeting with me, um, kind of during my time at Channel 4, and she really left an impression because, again, a young, brilliant Welsh writer, I was so proud of her. I was like, oh my God, here we go, the next generation. So I sorted her out and we had a cup of tea and we talked a bit. And then we had a one pager by the end of that week and we just went, well, this is the story that needs to be told. And I was so excited, it was so kind of real and, and her. Um, and it kind of went from there, but we very quickly got it on the, the kind of radio at the BBC and, and conversations started and, and it started to shape from there. But she's a very fast writer and that script turned around in about two months, basically that first pilot script, the BAFTA winning pilot script. So yeah, it was, it was an extraordinary start. It was meant to be really. That's fantastic. Wow. Um, and you were saying earlier on that you wanted to find a, a female director. And I've noticed, well, we're all women here today. There's a lot of girl power going on. Um, so was it a conscious decision that, uh, that a lot, there are a lot of women in the production team? We just happen to be women, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the world is populated by strong matriarchs anyway. Um, and it's a, a, you know, a coming of age and uh, an awakening of a, a young teenage girl. So I think it would have been odd to find a male director that would have brought that to life with, you know, the delicacy that, um, that we did, I suppose, that Lucy brought to it. So, it, uh, yeah, I think uh, as an industry, we need to get behind female voices anyway, behind the camera as well as in front. So um, de delighted, really, that we had some options and, and yeah, we went with Lucy. And Kaylee, um, so you were brought up in Cardiff and it's shot in Cardiff. Were you okay with it being so close to home? Did you feel like you had to detach yourself from it at all? It was absolutely bizarre. Um, I, I mean, I, I consciously wanted it to be shot in Cardiff though, because I think the, the main aim with this script all, all the way around was trying to be as authentic as we possibly could. Um, and it's a Cardiff-based story, so it, it was grounded in, in those streets and, and that sort of location. So I, I wanted it there, but there definitely was, you know, just some bizarre coincidences, like the house that um, Trina and, and Beth and where, where we shot their family home. I turned up on the first day and was like, oh, we are about four minutes from, from where I grew up. <laughs> and Cardiff's not that small, you know, it can be anywhere, it just so happened to be there. Um, and we shot at, at a mental hospital where, where my mum has been sectioned on many occasions and actually was, uh, while we were shooting the pilot, she, she, she happened to be uh, there at that time. And that's just, you know, you couldn't have predicted that that was going to come. So, so it was bizarre, but I, um, I made my own bed, so I had to lie in it. <laughs> oh gosh, it must have been, it must have been so hard for you to, to deal with the I think we're having some issues with the sound, so apologies if you are getting some interference or sort it out. If you can make sure that all your mics are on silence, that'll be great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, anyway, we'll carry on. But um, oh, that's that is so interesting, Kelly. That uh, your mom was actually in the hospital that you're shooting at. And um, so, what has your mom's and your family's response been to the script and to the series? Were they on board? Yeah, I, I was so nervous um, to the pilot coming out in particular uh, because I, I, obviously it's, it's very exposing and you sort of, as a writer, you make those decisions for yourself. You know, I decided I will make myself vulnerable and reveal this story, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, 
my family wanted to be in that situation. So, you, you know, I, I really felt the burden of that responsibility. Um, so I had quite a few sleepless nights, uh, but in the end, their response has just been really overwhelmingly wonderful. I think they, they all feel quite moved by it. And um, yeah, it, it seems to, it, it's been a really positive thing. And I can imagine that you've probably helped a lot of people out there as well who have been going through similar issues and not really known if, the, if anybody else was going through the same thing. I mean, I'm sure you've had a good response from the viewers, have you? Yeah, it's been really emotional, actually. I think we all have um, individually been sent uh, letters from fans and had messages on social media and things just sort of saying this feels like my life and, and I felt like I had to hide and now I know that someone else has gone through the same thing and that's just the most amazing thing really when I wrote it it was that was my main aim I kept thinking what would I have wanted to see when I was a teenager and really it was something like this that I could have watched and gone oh my god I'm not alone in this and uh, so to know that we've achieved that means more than anything and uh, so we start off as a pilot, um, a BAFTA Cymru award-winning pilot, I might add. So congratulations for that. Um, so what was the process of, of starting the pilot? Where do you go once you've seen the script and, and you get together and you've found a location? Talk us through the process, well, Neris. The biggest challenge, I think, was populating it with brilliant people. <laughs> because once you have this fantastic script, you don't want to let it down and you go, you know, there's obviously the alchemy of making a show. There are so many things and decisions to make and you don't ever want to make a wrong one. So we had a fantastic um, casting director, Rachel Sheridan, who um, was on board with trying to find us, you know, authentic Welsh talent. All of these kids, we wanted them to be real. We wanted them to kind of, you know, have a connection to the place. Um, and as well as, you know, making the family feel real and, you know, and an actor who has the chops to do what Trina does. So we um, met a few people and um, this whirlwind bald, um, blew through the door and that was Joe Hartley. And I've never known a casting like it. I think we, we were all in tears by the end of it. She just did this extraordinary thing. But um, when we found Joe, and obviously we were already looking at who would play Bethan, and you know Gabrielle is such a talent. Um, they also looked alike. It was like, oh my God, it's like meant to be. This fantastic cast came together. So um, that was, you know, a real key moment for us to go. We, we found our, our people, and, and God, that did they deliver? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, when I was watching the series, and I mean, often when you're watching a comedy drama, no matter how good it is, there's always something in the back of your head where you know that, it, you know, you're watching a drama. But with this, it's totally just lost in it. And there was a moment in, I think it was the third episode, where I just thought, oh my gosh, this is so heavy, I need the break. Um, that's a testament to the acting. Um, so, Joe, I mean, you played the best mum, Katrina, and what a role that was. Um, um, was it daunting and, and how much preparation did you do for the role? Oh, hi. Um, yes, it was a little bit daunting when I got the opportunity because, um, and thanks so much for saying lovely things, Neris. I, um, I remember reading the script and, and everything just jumped off the page. It was brilliant. It was so authentic and, and it was full of energy already. You know, everything was just coming off and the character, um, it was just um, a gift, really. And I was, 
I had, I had a lot of fear around it because I've never experienced bipolar, but I also knew that the sort of role had chosen me and I, I had the tools to do it if I could just get out of the way. So I did extensive preparation. I spoke a lot to Lucy and Kaylee, um, you know, and I had the support of Neris the whole time. We, we all did, but I, um, I got in touch with Bipolar UK. Um, I spoke to a lovely woman called Camilla Leach. Um, and then I, I did, I knew that I would have to use my imagination for this role because I have no physical or emotional mental experience. And I know that a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine has bipolar. So I spent a lot of time with her, but I watched a lot of videos online and I mimicked sort of the, the, um, the manic and the hypermanic behavior. And then I practiced in my flat so that I wouldn't be self-aware and I was able to just let go. Um, but I used a lot of like the five senses, like, um, you know, anything that I heard on set, I didn't let it put me off. I used it. Um, I had the guide. Lucy was just phenomenal, really. We did like a scale where we would go from one to five, depending on the level of mania and hypermania, because there was, Trina doesn't have the depression. She's either on the medication or she's in a hypermanic state. And then Kaylee was there as well on set. But it was mainly... Um, courage really and my imagination and, and letting go of what the outcome would be and just being sort of if you prepare as an actor and you get on set and you feel comfortable and loved by your people you you can just let go and it does come through it was really amazing experience for me and, and the the comments that I've had from people who have suffered who suffer with bipolar and people who have treated people with bipolar have been very moving it's been a really good experience as an actor I also had my own experiences with mental health. So I used what limited experience I had with that and called on sort of like emotional recall and stuff, but I could never understand what it's like to have bipolar. So I had the support and just did the work really. And it's, it's everybody together. It's like a big painting really. So yeah, I'm really grateful. And Gabby, I have to mention Gabby because I've never really, I've, I've worked with some amazing actors and it was her first job really. And the love between us was absolutely abundant. And so when I was on set, she always went with me. She knew that I had a difficult task and I was just, it was like water and she gave me everything and we laughed a lot, but we also, yeah, there's a lot of love there. So thanks for that, Gabby, because um, just so open and loving, yeah. Great. And that the on-screen relationship is, is just perfect, I think. And, and you could really tell that, um, that Katrina was such a, a caring and a uh, very likable person, you know, despite the outburst that she had. I think uh, she came across as very witty and sharp as well when she wasn't struggling too much. Um, and Gabrielle, I think, I mean, congratulations on, uh, on winning your BAFTA Cymru Award for Best Actress from the pilot, because I think that was so well-deserved. Like, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what was that experience like? What, winning a BAFTA? Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I heard, read somewhere that you can't watch your acceptance speech back. Oh, yeah, true? gosh. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't watch it. I cringe. I just, I, I mean, I, it was, it, it happened so fast. And I think as we were, uh, we were filming the series as well. I don't know. It just seemed, it, it just, it just went like that. And I still can't believe it to this day that I got it. But, um, yeah, what an amazing uh, achievement for a pilot, eh? Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's just, it just goes to show how great the whole, all of you are. <laughs> um, not just the story, but all, every, all the 
little aspects of bringing it together. Um, Gabrielle, what did you think when you first read the script? Could you relate to Bethan at all? Um, yeah, um, I related quite a lot to actually. I remember reading the script, I was in drama school um, and I was in my third year, I was just about to leave and I read the script and I, I saw a lot of myself in it, um, a lot of, yeah, um, experiences and whatever. So I guess um, when it came to it, it was difficult sometimes to, I didn't want to um, merge myself into it. I wanted to create a Bethan and leave Gabrielle out of the picture. Because um, I, you know, sometimes taking your own experiences into something, especially acting, it can be quite, um, I, I just don't think it's very healthy, personally anyway. Um, so yeah, I did draw upon a lot of my, my experiences at 16. Um, but that, that was just like a part of the process, I guess. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, and did you have much, uh, much of a chat with Kaylee, or did you have much freedom to to change the script as you would like? Yeah, we we. I mean, we had so many chats. Um, but I guess what the main the main thing was, I didn't want to be Kaylee. I didn't want to, you know, go in. The, I didn't want. I didn't never want it to be like I was trying to be Kaylee because I just think that would have been a completely different thing, a completely different story. Um, and I think Beth her own person um but yeah i mean uh what 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 was the second part of the question uh did you have much freedom to uh, to change the script oh yeah i mean we uh, some of it like a lot of it actually was improvised um uh so yeah we had i mean we did so many rehearsals and stuff so there were so many chats about i mean the bit the the, the script the story stayed the same but i guess the, there was moments between joe and i mainly that um just happened on set and they felt like they were supposed to happen there was there's a there's a moment i remember in the kitchen and it it was um it was just meant to happen those moments are the best there was magic definitely and I one moment that springs to mind between you, the two of you is that when you sat at the top of the stairs by the radiator um, that was just beautiful and and also uh, when Beth shaves her mum's legs as well the oh. silence in that scene and the whispering yeah. is just so beautiful and uh, I mean I couldn't, I couldn't grow my hair on my legs very long it was really bad acting <laughs> <laughs> I was trying for weeks <laughs> Oh, funny! No, that was I love that scene. It was really nice. Um, Thank you. Uh, so, Lucy and Leris and Kaylee, I guess as well. Um, to talk a little bit about uh, the silence in scenes and music. Um, there's very uh, sparse music, but very effective. And uh, silence, as I just mentioned, plays a massive part in in this series. Uh, so, just talk, tell me about your thoughts of of using silence in music. Neris, come to you first. To know that it's all Lucy actually. I mean, she she's created magic not just on the screen, but you know, in the edit as well with all that she had in the soundscapes and, and working with the composer Tom as well as a really limited budget actually. So we couldn't use much commercial music. It's you know we were trying to be really ambitious on our budget, but um, so she had to very often you know just she had what she was given and she had to make it work, and she was brilliant. I mean, obviously stopped about a bit, but. Uh, we did make some beautiful kind of choices that really brought it to life. And so, Lucy, what's your process? Well, I mean, we sort of talked about it earlier. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's, 
Comedy and drama is all about timing. Both of, thing, both of the things are about timing. It's about making a joke land and it's about giving space for drama to breathe and to make the audience feel what you're feeling. And so much of that is about pause and timing and letting those feelings sink in. So for me, yeah, we, we, ha we didn't have much money for music, but we had an amazing composer called Tom Gray, um, who really helped fill in the gaps. And so the, the limited amount of commercial music that we were able to use, you know, I really wanted it to hit home. And, you know, you really want those feelings to sink in. And for me, such a big part of it was, one, that the story felt authentic. You know, this is a real story based on true events and you know wanted it to feel like a true depiction of a teenager in Cardiff so you know um and we really really wanted the audience to feel like they were with Bethan and that's sort of what what I tried to do throughout and that's why everything everything is from her perspective um and um and the, I'm just, I feel like I'm going off piece and I should be talking about timing, but, but ultimately for me, the, the, big, the big thing was that it needed to feel real. And, and in order to do that, I think you need the space in order for moments and uh, feelings to really sink into the audience. And speaking of making it look real, I noticed that there's, there's a, a dark bluey gray grade to the, uh, to, to the finished look of the series. And, I suppose that just really reflects the, the darkness of the story. So was that quite a conscious decision that you wanted to make it look a little bit uh, more bluey, I guess? Um, I think in, for me, the conscious decision to make it feel real was that we use naturalistic lighting. We only lit with practical lights. Um, we shot on handheld camera um, and everything was from Bethan's perspective. Like Bethan is clean throughout. So her shot, there's no one else in shot. And we always see things from over her shoulder. So that for me, that's what made it feel, that's what made it feel real. Um, the sort of, the, our, the grade was very much a sort of stylistic choice. Again, leaning into the sort of, yes, you're right, leaning into the brittiness and the, and the, 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 the bleakness of the situation. Um, but then also I think it feels a lot warmer at school, you know, where she can sort of, you know, she's, you know, the home is the sort of dark, is much darker, whereas home is a sort of much lighter place. But we played with colours a lot. Um, we, there's a, we used pink in the series as a symbol of hope. Um, it's only, it's, this pink isn't anywhere else in the series apart from a few moments. And, and that's when um, Nana puts the vase down on the table and that's Nana going, I've done something nice for you. And so that's, that, that vase is pink and Poppy wears a pink bracelet. The nurse that she meets at the end is wearing pink scrubs. Trina talks about having pink roses in the garden. So that was a little sort of colour thing that we threaded through just as a fun thing to do. That's very really interesting. And I didn't even notice I'm going to have to go back and watch it all again now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, it's really interesting. Um, it started off as a pilot, as we were talking about earlier on. So what, what sort of lessons, what things did you learn from the pilot going into the series? And were there any big changes you see? Um, I think Kaylee should answer that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Delegation. <laughs> um, you can answer it, but I think Kaylee should answer it. That's what I think. Well, in terms of um, what we learned from the pilot, I think we had a lot of conversations around the way we used the voiceover and sort of fantasy cutaways because we were sort of using these dramatic devices and. Uh, 
I, I felt for myself in the pilot that I hadn't quite gotten a handle yet on how to deploy them. Like we knew we wanted them, but I wanted there to be rules um, in the way they were used. So it wasn't just sort of um, haphazard and throwing loads of stuff at, at a wall. Um, so we really honed that. We also, uh, we recast a couple of characters. So that was a, a big change from pilot to series. But other than that, I think when I, um, when I conceived of the idea, the, the first moment that came to me was the final scene of the whole series. So from there on in, everything was working backwards, really. I sort of, which is a fairly good place to start, just kind of go, right, I know where this ends, let's fill in the earlier bits. So the transition from pilot to series in that way was um, really quite smooth, because I already knew what I wanted. I, I mean, from the moment me and Neris were talking about the pilot, I was already like, and this is the full story. So, <laughs> It was just about finding enough time to tell that story because we only have five half hour episodes and squeezing it all in and making sure it didn't feel like we were rushing anything. You can't, particularly with the mental health strand, you can't rush it. So just trying to make sure everything had space to breathe was, was the biggest challenge. And uh, speaking of uh, the issues that uh, like mental health issues and uh, sexuality is discussed and bullying as well. Um, did you was there anything specific that you wanted um going into this process that you, you you asked Neris and Lucy for to be done in a specific way and did anything really change and were you surprised by anything that they brought that any big changes that they made perhaps um in terms of specific things that I wanted but I, I think we were all on the same page about the things we wanted I was so mindful that the mental health scenes and the mania be played in a, a realistic way and that's such a huge challenge because it looks different on, on every different person for a start there is no one way to have a breakdown so that's um difficult from the get-go and yeah so just making sure that anyone who'd been through it would watch joe and go that looks like what I've seen. And so there was a lot of sense checking between us all on that and kind of, as Lucy said, she's lived through it too, kind of me going to Lucy, does, does that, it feels real to me, does it feel real to you? Um, so yeah, that, that was really important. In terms of surprises, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they, they were both, Lucy brought so much to the show that um, I was just blown away by. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but none of it was like curveball. What? <laughs> what is in England now? No. Um, but yeah, just there, there was so much brought to the table. I was just like every day thrilled by like a child in a sweet shop. <laughs> yeah, can I just add as well? Like um, I forgot to say about Lucy's treatment. It, it actually blew me away when they sent it to me before I'd sort of um, done the show. The other thing was a massive thing that Lucy had given me the courage and confidence to do as, as a director. She um, asked everybody on set to not talk to me so I would be isolated and I had little black tent where they would put me or a car or a house. I'd had a little house to myself. And I mean, I didn't remain in character for 100% of the time, but I actually did remain in the character for the majority of the time. And the reason for that was when we did the pilot, we. I was in character, I stayed in it, I was isolated. And towards the end of the day, got a little bit chatty. I mean, we had one scene to go and I was joking. I was being Joe, cause I'm very chatty and bubbly and I chat to people. And then it was really difficult to find that last scene. It was, it was more difficult, it wasn't really difficult, but we made a conscious decision, Lucy and I, that I would stay in that character. And that was 
really quite exciting for me as an actor because I've never done that and I've always watched actors that I admire doing that so it really did bring a lot to it I believe and um, it, it, it really gave me a lot of time to listen to music and to be out of the Kit Kat conversation with the grip or the because <laughs> I'm just I talk to people about anything but yeah it was really helpful that and that's that was really um, a big asset to, to my performance I think that I was alone for most of the time. So how did you deal with um, at the end of the day when you finished shooting and you'd been in character for most of the day? Was it hard to come back to to Joe? Um, no, because you know I was able to just go back to my room and you know I, I I'd have a bath or I'd practice some meditation or listen to music and I'd try and switch off and I'd speak to other people um, and I would hang out with Gabs and we'd I'd make her have food late at night before she was shooting. So. <laughs> Joe, was, Joe was a really bad influence. So Gabby was like a really early call and she'd have been partying with Joe until like 2am. Well, yeah, drinking tea in the room. What's new, Kaylee? You've you got you to you gotta spot it. If you've got it, if you spot it. So you're, you're a naughty one too. <laughs> but, um, no, I just kind of, in all honesty, like there were some days that were quite emotional and they were, you know, they were, but I, I was able to just detach from that because I'm playing the character and, and um, yeah, I mean, probably years ago I would have made it all about me and been over dramatic and, but I was able to detach from that and be of service and, and, and sort of um, enjoy the, enjoy the experience actually without making it all about me and consuming my, you know, being consumed by my own ego, I guess. I think we should let Gabby come back in on this now. <laughs> so partying uh, most nights then, were you? <laughs> oh, that was one night, Kaylee. <laughs> also, when I say partying, it was like cups of tea on Joe's bed as they watched TV. <laughs> I learned, actually, Gabby, tell her, we was learning lines. And it was the night that I rapped and you all got me flowers and pictures and I got overexcited and made Gabby have a burger and we stayed up late talking. Yes, we had a photo. She, she was... Um, taking photos of the flowers and stuff in my room till 2am and I kept going Joe I'm up at six I didn't want to leave I didn't want it to be over funny um I have a question here I'm just looking at some of the questions that the viewers are sending in um Kaylee how long did it take you to write the script did you say like two months was it like four days um <laughs> no, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't four days. It wasn't long though. I, I like to work quickly, which comes from a sort of an inherent place of laziness. Really, I want to get things done as as, as quick as I possibly can, so I can get back to doing nothing. Um, so I think uh, we. St I started writing the series in June of twenty nineteen, and the scripts were done by about August. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you, uh, if you have one piece of advice to budding writers, um, what would it be? Um, to draw upon personal experiences, would you recommend that they, they do what you did in that well, respect? If, 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 you, if you've got the stories to tell, then yeah, but I, I mean, I'm aware not everyone has necessarily been through a, a, a childhood like mine and, you know, you, that doesn't mean you're not going to be a fantastic writer and have really important stories to tell, but I think not everyone automatically is like, oh, I've got this dramatic past I can put on the screen. So if, if it feels right to you to tell your story, then do. But um, 
one of my favorite pieces of advice that I ever received and it, it's sort of what spurred me on to writing in my skin was someone saying to me the thing that you feel most ashamed of and that you need to hide the deepest is probably the key to your creativity and when someone said that to me I started naturally thinking about my teen years and uh, so in my skin was born but I think not, we all have things that we think we should hide and I'm, I'm not necessarily saying expose everything about yourself but maybe Maybe there's something, something in that. Um, and aside from that, I think it's about surrounding yourself with an amazing team of people who you trust and you know, trust you too, and that you have a mutual respect so that everyone is sort of working together to the same end game. Because I think early on in your career, it's really easy to think I just want to be working. Um, and you and you'll bundle yourself into any situation and not necessarily surround yourself with legends like, I've got on this. <laughs> um, Lucy, I've got another question here for, uh, let me just read it, a budding director. Um, as an aspiring director, do you, Lucy, have a recommended way to push on and get a foot in the door? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, it took me, it's taken me a while. It's taken me a while, but I mean, you've just got to make stuff. I know that sounds, even if it's rubbish and if it's on your phone and you've just got to start working out what works and work out. Um, I didn't go to film school, so I'm like totally, I've just totally sort of trained myself through working up through TV from working on really terrible game shows and like really bad access documentaries and just got thrown a camera and it was being by thrown by being thrown like a pd150 but like 12 years ago and just having no money to shoot stuff and no time and just literally just churning stuff out so it's just just keep making and then it was really when i started working writing shorts then that i really sort of realized my power as a director and it's so just churn stuff out just even if it's rubbish it doesn't matter but you would have learned lessons while you're doing it um so that's that's some advice and watch stuff just watch everything and note what you love and what you don't like and you know hold those references precious and just just watch it absorb everything and uh and go and just shoot stuff Neris, do you have any advice for anybody who wants to get into the industry Oh God, that's a terrible one for me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> do you know what? There's no two two ways of doing it. That, that's you know. I often come back to going, what advice do you give people? But no journey into telly and whatever you're doing is ever going to be the same as someone else's. So I think everything you do, like probably like the same as a director, will feed into what you eventually become. And every bit of experience is just as valid, whether it's as a, you know, I started off as a production secretary, but I learned so much doing that process, seeing things get filmed, sitting there in, in a script room, kind of working out how things got edited down. And, you know, you, you, you soak it all up because you're not ready to go straight into being a producer. You have to earn the badges a little bit. So I think it's the same in, in like every discipline, really. Um, some things are easier to, to get a foot in the door, but others, you know, you, I think like Lucy says, you have to make your own stuff ultimately or write, keep writing. Someone's not going to pay you, just write or, you know, um, try and make friends that um, are equally creative that you can make things together. I think these days the technology is there. There's, it's a really um, democratic way of you can make stuff. You don't have to have, be allowed or told to make it, just make it. So I think that, yeah, that's possibly the best advice I could give. 
That's good advice. And we have a question that's coming from a viewer for Kaylee. Um, how many of your ideas for plot or key scenes would you suggest putting in the pilot? And how much should you hold back for the rest of the series, presuming they ever get made? Mm, it's definitely a balancing act because I think, well, certainly for me, when I wrote the pilot script of In My Skin, I was like, well, I'll be really honest because no one's ever going to make it because that was my experience up to that point. So I was like, well, I might as well lay it all bare. And um, then obviously just <laughs> typical, that's the one that gets picked up. But it is, me and Neris um, had lots of chats about this, of sort of going, where, where do you draw the line? Because you do need to keep material back for the series. Um, but also you, you might never get to series and you, and you, want, you want to have had a chance to tell the story. How, how did we balance it now? We had this sort of like, document running as I was working on the pilot that I had that was just like miscellaneous story so it's sort of like sense check everything with Neris and our amazing script editor Andrew Ella oh, there's, there's this story and there's this story and there's this story and Neris would sort of be like think it's for the series um, <laughs> and trying to kind of I guess you just have to hone in on a, on the specific story that you're telling in that episode your story of today and then with all your interesting shiny things ask yourself is this really really crucial in in today's story or is this tomorrow's story um yeah and, and tread that line but it ain't easy i think also with with pilots it's such an awful thing because you've got to set up a world introduce all the characters try and make it as compelling as unique and unique as it can be um, and often I read a lot of scripts and in pilot scripts, you only really get to a typical episode by the end of the episode. And then suddenly the series picks up and you know where you are. So I think to hit the ground running the way that Kaylee did in that, you know, it's such a dramatic opening. It's like suddenly, well, kind of within that episode, it, it ramps up very quickly. I think that was the key for us because you have to like run to keep up. And I think that's really compelling for an audience, really. And uh, we've had a few more questions in as well. Um, let me just read this now. Um, I'm not sure who would like to uh, raise your hand if you think you'd like to answer this question. Uh, what were your thoughts about providing advice and guidance about helplessness for people in caring roles after releasing the show? Who would like to answer that one? Um, offer, offer guidance to viewers if, if they were going through the same thing. Um, I guess maybe no people in caring roles, so other other young carers, maybe I guess. Well, I think we we did lots of work in the writing of the scripts. We had um, Joe was working with Bipolar UK, and we turned to Mind the charity to get their advice on on the scripts. And then we also had a bipolar specialist in Cardiff who was consulting on every script as well. So we were making sure that we were sort. Of telling an authentic story that was also being responsibly told. Um, beyond that, I think it's just been a case of uh, each of us being reached out to by individuals, sort of, you know, opening ourselves up to conversations with them. But I, I don't think we've got any, maybe we should have more channels than that. I don't know. I think also, you know, there's so much drama and, um, you know, uh, kind of a hard subject matter that we cover. Well, I think it's a series with a lot of hope. And I think, you know, the way that that series ends, yes, there's a, obviously a, a huge cliffhanger, but you see the small victories as she goes and as she becomes herself and as, as she trusts, you know, her own instincts and she, you know, stops wanting to shy away from kind of hiding things. And 
Um, so I think ultimately, I hope it helps people to see lives reflected on like that that you wouldn't normally see and to think out how you would be, react or kind of give you permission in a way to, to be a certain way. I think it's quite powerful. I hope it is. Um, I mean, Kaylee, you had some people reaching out to you to say it's the first time they felt seen, which is such a kind of a heart-wrenching thing to hear, isn't it? But I think television is awful. We don't shine the light on kind of proper life like this. And it, that's why it's such a magical show, really. It's, I think it's, it's powerful beyond its like little remit. It's, um, it really talks to people. Yeah, and, and I just like, there's somebody asked a question about experience and what would you use in your own life? I mean, that question's great. And what the guys have just been talking about, for me, as an actor, you get many opportunities if you're lucky to, you know, attempt to play certain characters and like some of the characters you've never experienced what they go through. So for me, it was an education and it was also... You know, it was able to doing this and learning about bipolar. It it gave me, you know, I was able to empathise and it gave me a little bit more of an understanding and knowledge what it must be like to live with it. Although I'll never be able to feel that, and also live with family members or friends. So it it was educational all round, really, and it's it's given me a bit more awareness and to be a little bit more open minded about it. And that's what I loved about the script, the honesty and the gutsiness of it because go somewhere and share your own story in a way that's obviously fictional but elements of it are really they're real for me it inspired me greatly Kaylee inspired me it really opened my heart because I thought we're all human we all need to connect on whatever level and to, to do that is is very very courageous and all we're looking for I think as humans is identification and even if you haven't had that experience we can try to learn to have some sort of connection as as spirit you know so yeah it's beautiful beautiful question thanks so much I think it's just uh, lovely that you said that it was the process was a journey for you as well as well as the uh, as as Beth and and the characters in the series but um I don't know if this might help uh, some of the people as the viewers maybe but um was it conscious decision in the scripting that uh, Beth Ann started to cry a bit more as the series went on is that was that her sort of starting to deal with her experiences a bit more Kaylee we had a few discussions about that um Gabby Lucy and I I, I mean yeah as, as the series goes on physically the trauma is weighing up on her shoulders so, so I mean just on a practical level things get harder and harder and harder and that was a conscious choice so just that we like imagine her like a pot on a stove and I just kept turning the gas up and things got worse and worse and it sort of sounds brutal but it is like we want to break this character how long is it going to take for us to break her and it happens at the end of episode four and then we rebuild her so you know yeah she's being put through the ringer but we were talking about it with Gabby as well because Gabby was saying I don't just want Bethan to be like yeah. crying all the time there needs to be um nuance which she captured so beautifully I mean Gabby if you you might have something to say about how you handled that yeah I mean we we did there was a moment where I thought you know the pilot was the pilot was different and I guess the the, the challenge of the series was to build um have layers and whatnot um with Bethan because she is constantly like like this up and down up and down um so I guess it was like different levels of how sad she was different levels how of how angry she was and there were moments where I did feel like I just wanted to cry and there were moments where I did cry on set with Joe uh, with Joe and 
they it just didn't fit the store it just didn't fit and I guess um I don't know really know what I'm trying to say here but um it is it's it's um you I never thought that she was the kind of person to cry because she's dealt with it for so long um and she's um she's learned to live with it but we are all human beings and yeah you were saying that uh, there were some moments where you just felt like you wanted to cry on set um were there any or which scenes in particular were, were quite hard going for um for you both to film uh, to to yeah to film i'll go to gabrielle first then to joe the, the, it was it was mainly with well it was just with joe i think i never really had that that uh, yeah that moment with anyone else it was just i guess Joe and I created such a we 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 before the series and whatever we we met up and we we built this friendship and this relationship and every time we were on set together I just it felt like she was my mum and there was a scene where I we were at the hospital um and we were doing the the last the last scene in the when Joe is singing and I just festival I, of tears as it became Oh yeah, <laughs> everyone was crying. Yeah, oh. it just hit me. I just, you know, when you just look at someone straight in the eye and you just think, you know, I felt so sorry for her, and I had to stop because it was just, it was overwhelming. And I think by that point, that we we were coming towards the end, and it was just, it was. I think it was tears, and it was, it was just relief of. Like, because I've literally fallen in love with this 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 character, Beth, and she's literally like me, the other half of me now. Um, so I feel I don't know. I just felt so sorry for her and for for him, um, for Trina. Um, but yeah, there were moments like the the stairs um, with the radiator that was really hard. Um, and sometimes, yeah, I guess you just have to. We did. We had chats, and we. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't to a point where it was. It was getting a bit silly. You know, because um, yeah, it did. Yeah, Joe, you can go. Aww. Oh well, everything Gabby said really. I just, I just agree. I mean, for me, it was the. Uh, it was quite a few moments. We, Gabby came to my house before we did the show, and we, we had sat and had dal together, and we talked about our own lives, and. We did a little Meisner technique where we sit in front of each other and we just stare at each other for quite a few minutes and what came up without speaking, we just looked in each other's eyes and it really connected us. It was really bizarre because we were both sat in the flat and then we talked for a while and then we just looked at each other and was like, should we do something? Should we do it? And then it was kind of awkward and we just sat there bravely and did it. And what came up was quite a lot of laughter and then lots of emotion and lots of, um, yeah, it's just a powerful exercise. So when we got on set and we did naturally just get on. There was, like I said before, an open-heartedness to her and a, a maturity, actually, and a humility that was quite um, visceral and I could feel it and I felt it gave me a lot of confidence. At the top of the stairs, I think you mentioned episode three, that was the bit that, for me, I felt very emotional and then the stuff on the bed just after that where I talked to her about my illness and, um, and then at the end when we're dancing and seeing her and also... Yeah, there was a few other moments that I didn't expect to get emotional, but I also had to remain in a different mindset. Um, so, you know, I didn't, 
I tried to detach her as much as I wanted to make her authentic and lovable and her own character in her own right. I, I reacted naturally and truthfully to Gabby when she was present. So it was just beautiful, actually. It was, and, and to see Kaylee and Lucy move <coughs> and the crew and the cat, you know, like the guys, to see people moved on set, because we'd come out of it and then it'd be like, I'd see people crying and I'd just run off and get in the tent. <laughs> I wanted to cry. Joe, Joe's talking about, Joe and Gabby both touched on, I just want to tell the story because it's the most bonkers thing that's ever happened to me when we were shooting. We were shooting the final, the final series, we were shooting the final scene of the series where Gabby and, uh, where Bethan and Trina are dancing in the hospital. And we were so time pressured. We, ha we had no time to shoot the scene at all. We were ripping through it. And it was, it was just such an important, important scene. And I think on the last take, they did it so beautifully. <laughs> and the whole room cried. I'm not exaggerating, the extras were crying. <laughs> crying. Like everyone, everyone in the room was moved to tears because, because it was so, it was, it was so beautiful. <laughs> but it was, but like, like, I feel like, well, I feel like a prickles on my back thinking about it, but it was, it was the most bonkers thing I've ever experienced. But um, I just wanted to tell that story because they both sort of touched on it in, um, in what they were saying. I, th I think, oh, no, it was beautiful. I think when Gabby and I cried as Joe and Gabby is when I think Kaylee came up where after we danced, like Lucy was in bits and then Kaylee walked over and just went, this is exactly how I saw it. And it was, <laughs> we both just started crying and ran off because it was like, <clears throat> we just wanted it to be a gift to them, you know, as well. So it was a nice moment, but anyway, we're mm -hmm. so grateful to be, to be part of it honestly it's been a real the the, re, the reaction from people has been so loving and supportive and mind-blowing we, we were all a little bit just blown away actually weren't we guys we had a little instagram group and um, not instagram whatsapp group and um it was just like what's going on what's going on <laughs> it was too much love to handle <laughs> of all the love um i would like to know is it going to be a second series oh fingers crossed <laughs> Yay! <laughs> People would love a second series. Oh, that ending was just fantastic when uh, when Poppy and the girl walks in and her face. <laughs> so definitely, so much scope to explore further. We only have five more minutes left, so I'm going to try and get through a couple more questions quickly. Um, how long did this show take to shoot? A question from our viewer. Four weeks. Four weeks to shoot yeah. the whole series. Yeah, week and episode. Yeah. Wow. We did, we did, yeah, so it was very time precious. So is, is that normal? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is for comedy. So we've got a comedy budget, but we're making a drama. So we all get very sniffy about what we've achieved on our budget, I suppose. Um, but yes, I'm sure wow. if we made a drama, we'd have a bit more time. That's but, amazing. Um, another question from one of our viewers. Um, Gabrielle, how did you end up getting yourself into the audition room? Um, my agent. But you were in the third year of uni at the time, were you? Yeah, I was just leaving drama school. I think it was like my second audition. Um, wow. Yeah, and it was, it was a good one. It, it, it was. Yeah. Smashed it. She smashed. Sorry, got. She smashed like, it. 
She's smashed it. She's like, she's like, like Gabby in front of the camera is literally like fireworks go off behind. Like, <laughs> whatever scene we did, like however rubbish it looked, we were like, it's fine. As soon as we put the camera on Gabby's face, we're like, oh, it's fine. It's going to be fine. She's <laughs> so amazing. We were so unbelievably lucky to have, so lucky that Rachel and Gabby's agent all beautifully came together and we found her and look at mm. Because we, we so wanted, we so wanted a cast that could improvise really well because we wanted the dialogue to feel real. And and Gabby is so good at just running with things. She's such a good listener. She really reacts beautifully to the other actors around her. Um, she improvises so well, and um, and she can sort of she covers the comedy and drama so beautifully. And you know that is she is a magical unicorn, and we are very lucky. To have <laughs> I just want to say as well, that is all true about Gabby, but and for anyone else who uh, maybe doesn't have an agent, we did also do open calls all around Wales. Our casting director went to high schools and youth clubs and you, you didn't have to have an agent to be seen for this show. Um, so bear that in mind for if there is a series too. <laughs> That's amazing. And also a really good friend of mine, I think's on this Zoom, a really good actor called Johnny Harris. He called me after he'd watched it and he said um, every single cast member in that show could have their own show. Every single one of them was so powerful, powerful and truthful and everybody was so engaging and, and it, it was um, a great cast all round. So it was, um, it was exciting, wasn't it, Gabby? To, I didn't get to work with anyone else really apart from um, um, uh, Rodri. So that was, that was fun because he's one of the nicest men I've ever met. So I don't know how he managed to play that character. But anyway. <laughs> Good actor. <laughs> yeah, Audrey Maylin was great as Dilwyn, best dad. Romantic, romantic. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just got another question that I'd really like to ask you that's just come in. Any advice for creatives post-COVID-19 in these uncertain times? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think none of us have got a crystal ball, but we just hope that, you know, the creatives... We all have, Neris. We're all witches. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> we've got to hope that normality will return you know it's such an important industry and it's such a fragile one so many freelancers and so many people that you know they don't have jobs that see them through the whole year so you know one or two jobs a year is so important so this lull and this um, strange time that no one's working is it's really impactful and I really hope we don't lose good creatives if it's too risky an industry um, but yeah I wish there was there were happy news but I, I hope things start filming again soon and we can return to some normality um, but yeah, crazy, crazy days. I'm going to ask you all for a very brief proudest moment in a minute, but I'm just going to um, read out something that we've had from Charlotte Fry. She says, I don't have a question, but I just want to say huge thank you to everyone who is part of this show. As a 16-year-old girl who sees so much of herself in Bethan's character, I just wanted to reiterate the message that this show has an incredible impact. It pushed me to go and get head girl, oh well done, at my school when I previously believed I never could. Thank you so much. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that's that's my proudest moment. Charlotte Fry getting head girl. <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely. Oh, that's well. What more can you ask for if you have a response like that? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So proudest moments. Um, Kaylee, would you like to add anything to that last moment? As well as Charlotte Fry getting head girl. Um, <laughs> for me, the, the proudest moments are how we depict the mental health strands. Um, Joe, Joe did such a phenomenal job I, and Gabby sort of in 
having the skill to just follow Joe. Because, I mean, what we're talking about, it was kept Joe locked in a room and then opened the door and this like, whirling dervish ran, ran out. And, and Gabby just had to be completely playing in the moment and reacting off that. And being in the room watching it perform, I had goosebumps because I knew it was what I had lived through and what I'd seen. It looked exactly like it. And that felt like the most important thing we could possibly do with this show. And I'm so proud of it. Lucy, what's your proudest moment? I was going to say that. <laughs> say that genuinely, because for me, that was the most important. I mean, th that was the most important thing that it didn't that we that was true a depiction of mental health, one hundred percent. But then, and then probably when we won best drama at the mm -hmm. at the Bafta's last year, I I I I I, 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 I can barely talk back. So it, I was so. I was so overwhelmed and just so thrilled because I love this team so much and worked so hard and we've really all poured so much love and heart and time into it. And it was just wonderful to be recognized by BAFTA Cymru for it. So, and you know, us all sitting together in the row going, woohoo. That was, that was cool. <laughs> um, Joe, proudest moments? Oh, I've, gosh, getting the opportunity really to be of service and play this character and, and um, to see the response <clears throat> from people who who suffer with bipolar and their families and um, to see Kaylee's story come to life and for her to be pleased. I'm very, very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gabby, what was your proudest moment? Um... I've just been here thinking. I don't know. I guess maybe like I think you know, being a lead in a series was is just something I never thought I'd ever do. And it, you know, leaving drama school um, and then getting this, I guess, yeah, I'm I'm proud of myself for doing that and, and getting through it. And you know, showing Kaylee's story, you know, that was it was such a pressure, not a pressure, you know, she put pressure on me, but it was. I felt like I was. You know, it's a little baby, so I'm proud that I was able to do that and, um, you know, show um, young girls and whoever, really, teenagers. I've had some lovely messages and they've all seemed to respond and um, really nicely. So I'm just proud that I was able to do that. Great. I should be proud of that award as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the BAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Neris, proudest moments? Well, I, I think just to, to, I think I did a quite a good job to gather just the most talented group of people, really. So um, it makes me look good. But um, I think also I was just so delighted to be filming where, in Wales, and and to, I've, I've been in comedy and TV for like twenty years, but never had opportunity to film in Wales. So for me, it was really magical to make something this special and on home turf, um, and to feel that we were really representing really important story as well. So. The crew in Wales are amazing. I was like, I was blown away, kind of the quality of uh, kind of the creatives as well. I was just really excited for Wales and kind of the industry. So all of that was a massive bonus for me. It's great seeing more um, more um, dramas shot in Wales. I love it. Um, so yeah, it's great. Um, thank you. We are out of time. Just a quick question that someone's just added now. Is the palace available to read and study online? Um, it's not technically, but I would be very happy to send it to, I, I, I can share it, yeah, but it's not currently, but I will. I'm sure we can get it to the BBC writers room, should we try and do that, Kaylee? So um, I know that they like to curate things, we'll see what we can do, yeah. 
Cool, we'll try and get that sorted then. Thank you. Um, right, well, we've had some lovely comments. Um, Philip Shelley saying, I enjoyed the show so much and this session is very inspiring. Thank you. So that's a great mm -hmm. note to end on, I think. Hi, Alexandra. Um, I just wanted to say that I've been answering some of the questions by a typed answer as well. Oh, Multitasking. Multi-jojo. Multi-jojo tasking. I'm sat here doing nothing. I feel like a lazy You've Well done. Right, well, thank you to my wonderful guests. Thank you, Neris, Kaylee, Lucy, Joe, Gabrielle. Thank you so much. Um, fantastic show. It's still available on iPlayer if you'd like to watch it at home. I'm sure lots of us will be re-watching it over the weekend. So um, the, all that's left for me to say now is uh, stay safe and bye. Thanks for joining us and remember you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org.